A miracle is an extraordinary act, oh sorry, an extraordinary and welcome event that cannot be explained by natural or scientific laws. I'll say it again, an extraordinary and welcome event that cannot be explained by natural or scientific laws. Uh, before we get into this passage, what I wanted to give you is a statement that I want to give at the front of your mind as we think about this story of Zachariah and Elizabeth. And then I want to come back to this in, in, at the end of the message. And that is that there is no greater miracle for you to experience than the power of God at work in your life. No greater miracle. We use the term miracle sometimes a bit loosely, especially in the secular world. It's a miracle he didn't break his arm or it's a miracle my daughter didn't burn the house down. (laughs) Perhaps not quite fitting into the, 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 the definition of what a miracle is. And I think that can be usually summed up at times because it, to believe in a miracle for what it actually is, is to say there's something far greater than me that exists. To acknowledge God doing something that cannot be explained through science or natural laws. In, in three of the first, in three of the four gospels, before we hear about the birth of Jesus, we are told about John. We're told about his birth. We're told about his ministry. And as we've been studying Isaiah, we came across that being prophesied hundreds of years before. In Isaiah it says, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Zechariah and Elizabeth were, uh, Zechariah was a priest, we just read, and, and they both came from that, that priestly uh, uh, um, line, uh, genealogy of, uh, from Aaron. It says they were people of integrity. They were respected in the community. A bit like our own Elizabeth and, uh, and Zachariah, we know as Graham. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it says that they were old. Well, there's more. <clears throat> not, not that I've finished with the parallel. They felt shame that they had no children. They were only in their, what seems to be agreed upon, in their 40s. And I know what it feels like to be in your 40s. I feel old. <clears throat> I think I've said that too many times now when people say, how are you? I'm like, I'm feeling old. <clears throat> but they're feeling old. Life expectancy 2,000 years ago wasn't Methuselah days of 900 it was, if you were actually able to get past the first five years, which like 40% of people didn't, it was actually only 65 to 70. So we're actually doing better in this day and age. Well, in, in, anyway, in our Western world. So they were, 
well over half of their life has been gone, you know, and it doesn't seem like they can have kids and they were old for the day. Zachariah, a priest who was chosen for this incredibly special once-in-a-lifetime task, representing the nation, going into the temple, burning the incense, doing the, the ritual prayers of the nation, prayers for mercy, prayers for blessing, prayers of the the promises of God for his people. The tradition would have him coming out of the temple and and giving that uh, well-known Aaronic blessing to the the people of Israel, the worshippers who were there and the fellow priests. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. You see, in this, in the midst of this once in a lifetime opportunity, this unique opportunity to serve as a priest, there's no doubt that Zachariah would have gone into that place, into the temple, with not just the prayers for the nation and the ones that were needed to be brought, but also the prayer on his own heart. And the heart of his wife for a child. And it says the angel Gabriel appears and actually declares his message that both of those things will come to fruition. Both his prayer that is on his heart and his wife and the prayers for the nation. Verse 14 says that their son will bring joy to them as parents. And he will make ready the people prepared for the Lord and will be great in the sight of the Lord. You see, while there's a couple miracles happening here in this story, in this passage, we are preparing ourselves for the greatest miracle which we'll talk more about next week and the weeks to come. God in flesh. Now that's a miracle. That, 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 uh, cannot be explained by natural or scientific laws. That's a miracle. God in flesh. Coming to rescue humanity. To be born. To die for our sins. To be raised to life. And I believe there's no greater miracle to experience than that. I think the first miracle we see is is that the angel appears. An angel appearing, I think, fits the definition of a miracle. You can't explain that away, can you? It's... The light reflecting off the glass that bounced off this thing of pit. You can't explain it. This is a a miracle. And and the angel has a message. As they do, that's what they do. They're messengers. Six promises. Your prayers are going to be answered. God is gracious. The, The name John means the grace of God. 
You and your people will know joy and gladness. Your child is going to be great. Israel will see national revival. Your child will be the forerunner to the soon coming Messiah. Now most descriptions of angels aren't, uh, aren't perhaps the ones we, we tend to see on Christmas cards or stickers or labels. Not, not the, the fluffy, two-winged, chubby-cheeked, uh, teddy bear-like figure. In fact, they're usually very powerful and they come across sometimes fiery. And they genuinely, as they did here, strike fear in the heart of the person who they've come to give the message to. And even with these promises and that miraculous sort of image, Zachariah is like, yeah, but we're too old. We're too old. You uh, must have the wrong Elizabeth and Zach, uh, the ones down the road perhaps, in their 20s, ready to have a child. We're too old. We often find excuses, don't we? Maybe a bit like Zachariah or a bit like Moses at the burning bush. I'm not good enough, he said to God. I'm not good enough. I'm not the one. Can't talk. I know last year I, when I spent, and I've shared with you guys, spending a lot of time going from hospitality to uh, to this role and spent a lot of time in prayer and discussion and with many people. And, and that was one thing that I know I, I kept saying to myself, I'm not good enough. Just use someone else. But there's all sorts of excuses we can come up with. I'm too young also. I've done my fair share. I think every excuse that there is, humanity has has come to use it. I've used and, and I'm sure you guys have used at times. And it's in those moments when we when we say oh, there's an excuse and and it's not me I'm too this or I can't do that or and it comes across as we are doubting our God we are doubting the Creator of the universe we are telling and I have said in my heart I think you've got this wrong. And the angel that initially had strict fear in the heart of Zechariah is now questioned by him. How can you be sure of this? I doubt this is the message. I doubt this can actually happen. We only get four different names of angels in the Bible. They're referenced much more than that, but we know of Lucifer, of course, the fallen angel, Satan, Another fallen angel is mentioned in Revelation 9, Abaddon. It says who rules the abyss. And we know of Michael, the archangel, and here Gabriel. And Gabriel's response to Zechariah is just this mighty, uh, mind-blowing sort of statement. 
when you consider all there has been said about the presence of God and the powerful presence of God who no one can withstand, no human can withstand and, and be alive. And here he is, Gabriel, and he makes this statement, I stand in the presence of God. And Yahweh has given me a message for you, Zechariah. You see, when God speaks to you, when, when he when he guides you and, and leads you and, and convicts you and, and at times he uses other people to, to ram home his message to you. You need to know that that message isn't coming from an elder or a parent or a pastor or a mentor or... That that message is from God. The message is from the creator of the universe, the all-powerful God. Not to be doubted. He has so much love and care for you, so much interest in your life, in where you're at, in what you're dealing with. And when he has a message for you, he doesn't want us to doubt. He wants us to be trusting him. So this second miracle I see is Gabriel makes Zachariah unable to talk. That's not really able to be explained, is it? And it's not until the eighth day, so for this like whole period, like nine months or so, after John was born, he was there to be circumcised and Zachariah along with Elizabeth they broke tradition it wasn't to be the normal way they had to use a family name but they wanted to name him John they broke tradition they told their neighbours he's to be called John because that's what God had told them to do and then Zachariah was able to talk and as you would expect a guy who's been not able to talk, been mute for nine months or so and just like that, he can start talking again and <laughs> can imagine all the things. And he, oh, I've got to tell you all this stuff. And the neighbours are amazed, as you, as you would be with a miracle like that. But I want to come back to this statement that there is no greater miracle for you to experience than the power of God at work in your life. And I see two, just touch on two uh, little points around that statement. One is to be saved by the power of God. That's a miracle. And to be changed by the power of God is a miracle. And both of these are available to you and I today. As I said, we can see miracles in, in all sorts of things we do. Sometimes it's landing a, the house that we needed to buy and we're praying so earnestly about it. And the right time at the right price, God has provided. Some people who struggle to, like Elizabeth here, to get pregnant, be able to give birth. And it happens. 
And it's amazing praying about it. God did it. We pray for healthy, a healthy birth. We pray for a mum to be okay and it happens. It's happened this year. We've been praying. God's answered. It's amazing. God at work. When you're praying for you to remember all those things that you've studied, Sandra, in year 12, and as you sit at that exam, they all come flooding back to you. Thank you, Lord. Wow, God at work. Physical healing. God can do it. All amazing things, all things that God is at work in. But I want to leave you with today the the greatest miracle you can experience beyond all those things is to be saved from your sin, is to be in a relationship with God. To know Jesus as your saviour and Lord. Romans 1 says, Paul says about the gospel, that the gospel, the, the good news, the good news of the birth and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the gospel, it's the power of God at work for salvation to all who believe. That's God's power. When we talk about the all-powerful God, we're not talking about the moving the mountain, parting the Red Sea. We're talking about salvation to those that believe. That's a miracle. It's God's power at work. Have you experienced that miracle? Do you believe this morning? Paul goes on to say that in the gospel, in that good news about Jesus, a righteousness from God is revealed. And that is by faith. So not only is this miracle of salvation by faith, God's power in the gospel, not only is that made available to you, but so is this miracle of being changed by God. That the character of Christ, this perfect, holy nature of of who God is, is made available to you and your life. And when we speak of, of new life as a Christian, being born again, this is the sort of stuff that we're, this is what we're talking about. This is the substance behind it. A life with purpose to be like Christ. A plan to be able to love like God loves people, to be able to forgive people, to be compassionate and gracious and merciful. And that can be a part of who you are when you surrender yourself to God. For me, it's it's become a a thing for me to be able to just say every morning, Lord, I know the way you want me to live and I can't do it. I can't. wouldn't be a miracle. If I could just get up 
and live like Christ lives and be like Jesus, it's not a miracle. And I know I've got to say every day, God, I can't do it. I can't live this life you've asked me to live. You want me to live. And so I surrender myself to you, my thoughts, my actions, and please live out through me. Change the way I think and the way that I relate with people, the way I care about people, the way I think about the homeless and the guy who's struggling, the relationship breakdown, the way I treat those who are nasty to me. And now I live the perfect life. So that was a joke. No, I don't. I can tell you right now I don't. But ultimately when Jesus comes or when I am finished with this body and he calls me home, that's when I will receive a new body and in its, in, in its fullness to know what it means to be like Christ. This miracle, this promise of salvation, this miracle and this promise of of Jesus changing you is for us today. And when he comes again, it'll be for eternity in a new body that is perfect with our Saviour. So I ask this morning, are you prepared for the miraculous? Are you prepared for the miraculous? To know salvation, to know what it means to belong to God. Are you prepared to go into this week saying, God, what can you do in my life? I don't want to say like Zachariah, you've got the wrong person. You might be old, you might be young. You might be busy, but are you prepared for the miraculous, what God can do in your life? Father, we do just thank you that in our hopelessness, in our sin, you love us. And while we're enemies, Christ died for us. Thank you for the miracle that it is to be saved. Saved from the penalty of our sin into a relationship with you. And thank you that you're not just done with us there. You want us to become more like Christ every day. May this be a challenge for us this week and into this month and into next year, Lord. Surrendered lives to you to be the light and the salt of this world. We just thank you for this uh, message and for this time together in Jesus' name. Amen.